Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. We run a lot of one-shots in this club, and we often run them more than once. Uh, it gives us the opportunity to refine our GMing skills, and it lets us get to know new players uh, in our games. That being said, our scenario is entitled The Necropolis, and it was written by Lee Carr. I'm your game master, and this is the third time that we've run this game. Our six players were given pre-generated characters to study last week. Let's introduce them. Uh, Nick, why don't you tell us about your character? Uh, yeah, so I'm uh, Howard Bingham. I'm the dilettante, or the rich guy, uh, funding this exploration. Uh, so I'm an archaeologist who... Uh, is looking forward to uncovering the secrets in Egypt. And uh, I've been funding this mission to uh, uncover the, uh, the necropolis, of, or at least what we, we found so far is the necropolis. Um, cool. Uh, Grant. Yeah, I'm playing uh, Nate Jennings. He's a 36-year-old archaeologist. He's feeling some pressure to uh, produce some results, but things are looking up. We've found this path that leads to the face of a cliff. So we're hoping uh, something comes, bears fruit with that discovery. Cool. John? Yeah, tonight I'll be playing the part of Zahir Rashad. Zahir is a crew chief for a, a, a group of excavating uh, the workforce. He's uh, he's 38 years old, a local to the area, and his whole mission is just to make his paycheck, keep these guys as safe as possible, and make sure everybody goes home. Cool. Cameron? <clears throat> I am playing Roger Quartz. I'm 44 years old. Um, I am a language professor at Cambridge, a linguist, and I am just happy to be out of the basement translating texts. Cool, Morgan. Hi, hi, my, my name is Walter Dane and I am, I'm a 19 year old college student from Miskatonic Union and I am just so excited to be brought on to, to use my language skills and I was learning Egyptian and I am just so excited to be here. David. I'm Roland Pama Smith. Uh, British veteran, seen some action in Egypt before, here providing security for this dubious group of grave diggers. <clears throat> cool. Well, it's hot as blazes in the midday sun, but uh, let's leave the light behind and begin our journey into the darkness. It was a couple of weeks ago when Professor Roger Court received a letter from the millionaire Howard Bingham asking if he would be interested in joining his archaeological dig in Egypt. Bingham was looking for a linguist fluent in ancient Egyptian hieroglyphics. The professor was thrilled. Finally, he could work on something really worthwhile. 
He looked over at his protege, Walter Dane, a new student who had surprised the professor with how easily he managed to learn new languages. He had proven himself to be the perfect assistant during multilingual lectures. Walter was a 19-year-old, almost a man, who loved to travel and see new sites. He had endeared himself to Professor Court and was excited to be asked to accompany him to Egypt. Howard Bingham, despite his vast wealth, had always loved getting his hands dirty, especially when the reward was historical discovery and the fame that followed. <clears throat> Egypt was the land of amazing and spectacular discoveries, and he had eagerly funded a dig in the Valley of the Kings. He had hired a reputable archaeologist, Professor Nate Chinnings, who had helped to identify and catalog some of the artifacts recovered from the tomb of, of, the tomb of King Tutankhamun by Howard Carter. He'd also hired an ex-soldier, Roland Hammer Smith, who looked like he could handle any problems that might come up. He would assist in much of the labor and security. He also hired a local, Zahir Shadid or Rashad? Rashad. Rashad. My name is Zahir Rashad. Zahir Rashad, okay. He also hired a local, Zahir Rashad, as crew chief, the, uh, the man seemed properly motivated to keep his workers in line. Unlike most of the other workers, Zahir wasn't, he wasn't superstitious and handled his workers rather well. The team, your team, worked well together. The patron, the archaeologist, the linguist and his assistant, the soldier and the crew chief. The sun was hot, the heat oppressive, which was a bit unusual for this time of year. It was just past noon on November 21st, 1924. You've been working tirelessly with shovel, spade, and trowel in the Egyptian Valley of the Kings. Exhaustion is setting in, but your reward is at hand. You and your comrades carefully unveil the entrance of an ancient structure buried deep into a cliff face. The contracted laborers had scuttled around you like busy ants, and now at last, a doorway is uncovered. You stand proudly at the base of 13 steps, descending into an entryway covered by an enormous stone slab. The laborers have constructed a makeshift pulley system over the excavation, and as you watch, they hoist the hefty slab upwards, revealing a passageway. Stale air from the darkness invites you with a promise of untold treasure. You excitedly rush inside. You are mere steps away from fame and fortune. The hallway is decorated with hieroglyphics and illustrations, and from where you stand, you can see something glinting gold farther down the passage. Oh my goodness, <clears throat> look at all these hieroglyphs. Professor Court, we, we, we've got to document all of these. Yes, yes, we will. <clears throat> what we should do is start doing rubbings on these and making note of them. Uh, Zaheer, uh, we need to get uh, lighting equipment set up for photography. And also, uh, I, I've heard that some of these tombs have been booby-trapped. So can we send a couple of uh, young'uns in to see if there's any trapped doors? And, that, and everybody tread lightly. Uh, we don't want any kind of artifacts being damaged or any sort of... Uh, damage done to, to, to anything that, 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 that we might want to recover from this tomb. I understand. I will go out. Let me go speak with my people. 
I will get them in here. We'll get it as lit as possible. But remember, we can only do so much. Okay, but before you can leave the tomb, uh, as you move closer, you suddenly hear a sound from outside, a sharp snapping sound. The workers are calling out an alarm, another snapping and a grinding sound, and suddenly the stone slab comes crashing to the ground, and you are trapped inside. You are plunged into darkness as the stone slab thunders into place. What in the world? Uh, uh, again, I've heard about these places being trapped before. Rashad, is, is this your crew? This is not the doing of my crew. This is, it has to be a simple mechanical failure. It's nothing my crew did. Do we have some light down here? None whatsoever. Oh, well, I'm sorry. You're in total darkness at the moment. I was well, it's a little to... difficult to study this in the dark. <laughs> Who's got a light? I can, I uh, take out a match and I light it. Okay. And I'd like to start examining some of the hieroglyphs near the entrance where we came in. Well, the... I... Go ahead. I, I've got a candle that I'm, I'm going to light with a match. I can also, uh, Roger, do you need a, need a candle? You might, might do a little bit better than, the, uh, the, than just the match. That would be excellent. Okay. Um, Nate, uh, you know that each of your candles will burn for about one hour. Okay. So if so there's I, nothing, I'm just going to light then one candle and let uh let Roger use that <coughs> and then hold back on three. Okay. What what are you looking at, uh, Roger? I am going to be examining just to see if um, there's any mention here of um, maybe a, um, a mechanism that'll open this door back up. Okay. Um, so you're looking at the door itself? Um, the walls around it where the hieroglyphs are. Okay. Uh, as you, uh, go ahead and do a spot hidden. Okay. Uh, let's see. 44 of uh, 45. Okay. Uh, you don't notice any mechanism, but you do, you, you do notice rather unusual symbols written on the inside of the slab. Okay. Um, would these be uh, normal hieroglyphs or are these something a little bit different? It's, it's something a little bit different, but go ahead and do uh, an archaeology roll. Okay. Fail. No, I got a 50 out of uh, 10. Okay. Yeah, you, you, you don't recognize what it is. Uh, there's some usual hieroglyphs in this room around this door. I'm not sure what they are. They're definitely not Egyptian. Uh, I, I might take a look at those and uh, uh, see, see if I can identify them. All right, go ahead. Oh, whatever we are, we got to make sure that we get them, we get them documented. If, if there's something new, that's incredible. So that's a success on archaeology. Okay. Uh, what you begin to notice, it's hard to look at the whole thing with the candle, 
but once you've sort of scanned the door, you realize it's it's some sort of a uh, uh, a prayer that's written there to uh, uh, as a kind of a ward against people breaking in. <laughs> I walk to the door, gentlemen, uh, my team outside. You have got to open this door. We have uh, to find a way out of this. Uh, Zahir, do a listen roll. $200 to the first man to open this slab. That's a fail on the listen. Okay. You think you can hear mumbling outside or noise. You can hear your crew outside, but you can't hear anything they're saying. The <clears throat> slab is much too thick. $200? Oh, man, I wish it was much stronger so I can move it myself. Uh, Think about this time you should all do sanity rolls because you're trapped underground. I pass. Okay. Eight. I'm saner than I was. <laughs> also pa- I also passed. Ooh, nope, fail. Fail. If you fail, just take one point of damage and uh, one point of sanity damage. And you're a little nervous about, uh, like, how much air is in here. How would it, it's, you said it smelled stale. Does it yeah. smell rotty stale no, or dry stale? I'd say dry stale. It's not moisture. And it's much cooler than without, probably 50 yes. degrees or so. Um, well, it's a little warmer than that, but it's yeah, it's not it's not underground temperature because you're not underground that far. All right, the rock around you is a little warm because of the just naturally. Uh, Mr. Mr. Jennings. Oh, sorry. sorry. If there's nothing about having a flashlight, we don't have a flashlight, right? No. Nope. Nate knows he has candles. I don't. Okay, I'm going to move away from the door and start feeling along the wall, looking for an egress in the darkness, just sort of getting a sense of the space by touch and away from the candle, which is just gonna make me, you know, blind. Right. When, when you first entered the tomb, you were in a corridor about 10 feet wide and about seven feet high uh, that extended straight in. And um, do, a, do a spot hidden roll for me. 41 for 55. That's good. Um, your foot uh, hit something. And when you look down at the ground, it looks like there are pieces of rock. Uh, they're, they're white, so it's probably limestone. Uh, but now that you notice, there's quite a few pieces on the ground. It's not, not a lot of them, but they're all in the corner. They're at the base of the wall, not in the middle of the floor. As if something had broken. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll I'll try to collect those together. It sounds like we've got a jigsaw puzzle to solve if we want to get out of here. Um. You also notice, as you you said, you put your hands on the wall. Uh, you do feel cracks in the wall. Yeah. So I'll be investigating anything that feels like it might give or pull out. Okay. Uh, as I move along in the darkness. Okay. M- M- Mr. Jennings. 
you're you're familiar with with uh, Egyptian architecture like this. It's, what, what's the probability of another opening being being close to us? Well, that's certainly something to consider. Another thing that I'm I'm interested in is if we look uh, above where the slab fell from. Um, is there any indication of why it fell from looking looking at the at the top of it? There's bits of rope that you can see. They used rope to to, to lift it out of the way. It sounds like their pulley system and their rope snapped. Okay. Okay. Uh, do I have an inkling as to whether uh, another way out of here might be further into the tomb? Um. I'll just answer that one. You you feel no breeze whatsoever, and uh, the air is stale. And if it's a tomb, there would be no other way out. So, Walter, it just doesn't seem uh, this looks like one way in, one way out kind of uh, kind of place. Uh. Oh well, well, I'm sure Mr. Rashad's uh, a man will get us out of here soon. They're working as best as they can, just outside. I can hear them mumbling. I am hoping that we can all get out of here very soon. You know, they got it open once. I assume that you have a foreman who's smart enough to get it open again. How heavy is this slab? Well, the slab looked like it was at least uh, like six to eight inches thick and easily 10 foot wide and... Uh, you know, maybe eight foot high. So it probably weighs three tons. Uh, it took them a while to, to lift it out of place. Gentlemen, I'm hesitant to even bring this up, but perhaps we probably should move further in, at least um, do a little research while we're here. I agree. This is not going to open anytime very soon. This man... Our equipment, we have little out here except what the bare necessities to lift this, and now it is obviously broken. And obviously none of the photography equipment had come in yet. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, I agree with uh, Roger. Let's, uh, let's move further in and give uh, Rashad's crew a bit more time to work from the outside. <clears throat> Yes. Carefully, carefully move in. Okay. So you're still standing fairly close to the door. Uh, who has the candle? Uh, I do. Okay. Uh, Roger, as you turn uh, and you look at the walls on either side, uh, you can see they have some rather spectacular hieroglyphs um, and, and, and wall paintings. Mm -hmm. um, at first glance, when you're looking at the walls, now you do see noticeable cracks in the walls and in the ceiling. Uh, the stability of the area might come into question that this, you know, if you started hitting it with a sledgehammer, the whole mountainside could come down on top of you. Um, what you're seeing seems to be... Uh, a depiction of a pharaoh who uh, was, he's sitting upon a throne and he seems to be uh, exercising some sort of a power. Uh, it shows rays shooting out of him. 
destroying his enemies and things like that. Uh, and there's, there's, like I say, there's hieroglyphs all around. Do you want to take a shot? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, no, I cannot understand those. What's your hieroglyph? <laughs> uh, I rolled in 83 and my hieroglyph at 70. Okay. Um, your nervousness. You're, 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 it, it's, it's pretty difficult. You're not sure. It's, it's old. It's, it's a really old form of Egyptian. Mm. Uh, Mr. Jennings, have you seen anything like this? Like this scene here? Yeah, have I seen a, a pharaoh shooting rays from their uh, fingertips before? Or is this something new? Uh, it's, it doesn't seem new. Uh, go ahead and do an archaeology roll on the art style. Okay, so that's a fail. Boy, if you're, are you guys just going to fail this whole? Thing <laughs> <on> the, <laughs> well, you know, it, the newest uh, additions to it, this. It, team. It's okay. It's, it's. I'm sure you know what it is. It's just so dark down here. You know, I, I want to beat yourself up over it. Let's uh, let's say, Nate, that there's there's something that doesn't quite make sense to you. Um, the the architecture, the way this this is built, and the style of of graphics on the wall should indicate that it's somewhere between the eighth and the tenth dynasty of Egypt. But that would put it. Uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 2200 BCE. That's pretty old. It's old because the Valley of the Kings wasn't used by the pharaohs until the 18th dynasty. Mm. That would make this, era, this, this tomb a thousand years older than any tomb that anybody ever believed was built here. Hmm. And you don't know exactly if you're if you're correct or not, but there's something odd. You also know. Uh, go ahead and do another. Do a spot hidden for me. That's a fail. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, how about Walter? I'm sure you're curious about the hieroglyphs. You've oh yeah, of course, them. of course. I'm trying to sketch them and. <laughs> a little low light and spot hidden, you said. We need some young eyes on 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 the walls here. Well, do your do your hieroglyphics? Don't you have hieroglyphics? I have I have modern Egyptian, but I got a I got a hard pass for Egyptian. Okay. Which is would also be an extreme success spot hidden at the same time with an eleven. So. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, oh I, I think I think I I, I can read what this says, uh, Professor. Um. I am the the the, the master, maybe maybe Lord, master or Lord, um, of the Eastern Temple. He who shines, glimmers, wriggle, I wriggles into your eye. Perhaps it means that you become aware of him. A chorus, uh, no, many voices. I speak with 
Many tongues I speak with, and those that hear me obey or die. I am the bringer of light. No, it's not light. It makes no sense. Uh, it looks like worms, but I, I can't be worms. I, I, uh, I don't know. It might be night or darkness. Um, See, it creeps into every place, uh, into the heart. Uh, here is a place of rest. No, no, sleep. Sleep, my my sweet guard, or maybe dis destroyer. I, I think it is talking about a dog, probably. <laughs> they were Egyptians, as you know. They were often buried with their pets. Um, uh, the wind, the swift wind, I fly. The teeth of the wind is my gift. The falcon and the hawk. Stand? No, 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 no. Kneel. No, they kneel. Uh, they're thrown down before me, uh, powerless. The earth trembles when I pass by. My passing shall renew. No, no. Cleanse. Cleanse. Uh, cleanse the world. Huh, this is... This seems like, um... I don't know, very, very old. It reminds me of a, of a book I read. Uh, the, the, uh, the Book of the Dead. Um, kind of. So it's a little different. Um... I don't, you know, it's like a, they had like a bringer of light in the Book of the Dead, and um, but this is like a bringer of, of darkness, and and instead of like coming back from the dead, it's talking about the like being dead forever, like an eternal death, um, and it seems to be mocking the gods. It's, it's quite interesting. You also notice on the wall there are four spots, like almost like at first you thought they were cartouches, but they're not. They're circles. And they're evenly spaced down the wall. You can see two of them in front of you and two a little farther on. Oh. And part, of, part of the wall looks like it's cracked right where one, one is. And they look like there's a hollow behind them. Like they've just been plastered over. Oh, oh look at this. Look at these circles. Mr. Bingham, look, you, you've discovered something quite fascinating. This isn't like anything I've seen before. Quite, quite unreal. Never thought I would or find something like this. So I am curious, Roger, why, why is Walter reading these, these hieroglyphics? What, what's going on? Well, I'm quite nervous to be here and I'll, it's very hard for me to see these. Mr. Rashad, have you heard anything like any old ghost stories or anything of that nature about this area? something that may bring these hieroglyphs. I hear, I hear nothing, nothing in particular about these area. They're mainly just the stories that my crew says, you know, men talk, they sit around, they're brushing, they're hammering, they're scraping away. Nothing but, nothing but fantasy, fantasy talk as far as I'm concerned. Mr. Court, uh, bring the, the the candle closer to one of these uh, crevices that are on the wall. I'd like to uh, uh, see if there's something inside. Okay. So I, uh, I'd like to take a closer look at these uh, these crevices. Okay. I'm going to hand in the candle. You realize that the 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 plaster right at that. Uh, within the circles is rather thin and uh and it's it's partly crumbling so with a 
a slight touch, you could probably break it off. Uh, okay. You are an archaeologist, so I'm not sure if you want to do that. Uh, so these cracks that we're seeing, are, are these cracks look uh, like they've just recently occurred, like when the slab fell, or these cracks have been these These quite cracks old. have been in here for quite a long time, yeah. Okay. This, this is obviously, uh, what, uh, almost 4,000 some odd years old. Okay, and so... Roughly, uh, um, there right. is, you can see that there is a hollow space behind the, uh, like a little niche cut into the, the rock. Well, I, I will carefully use, I'll first just try the small brush that I have okay. in my satchel to see if that is enough to, to, you know, break away some of the plaster in order to see what's behind. If that doesn't work, then uh, the small trowel that I have will probably break off a small piece just to see what we're looking at on the other side. Okay. You realize with, with a few little brushes and a, and a little bit of a tap that the, uh, the plaster there almost crumbles into dust and falls. And you can see there's a hole, maybe about like that, going into the wall. And there's something maybe a foot and a half, two foot inside of it. You can't see it's dark. But it's it's something is in there, Mr. Smith. Uh, you mentioned booby traps. Do you want to take a look at this and uh, see what you think? Yeah, I'll have a look. See, um, and I uh, have collected the limestone pieces from the floor. I'm wondering if they have something to do with these things that have fallen from the wall. Uh, and uh, I've also got to say, uh, or ask, uh, so this is, you've got uh, a candle. How many of us have candles? Uh, how much light do we have altogether? At this moment, we've only got this one candle that's lit. I have three unlit candles in my satchel. That's the only light source that I have. And since there's no breeze down here at all, they burn fairly slowly. Um, are they burning uh, as though there's plenty of oxygen or there's a real shortage of oxygen? They, they're burning about what you'd expect them to burn, but they are burning your oxygen at the same time. Right. Um, the pieces of limestone that you're finding seem to be just random pieces of limestone, maybe about the size of your hand. Hmm. Um, and there's, there's uh, quite a few of them. However, they're all, like I say, at the base of the wall, not in the middle of the floor, but they're hmm. just sort of like they were brushed to the side. And they're stone, they're not plaster. They're stone, they're, they're limestone. And are they, are, are there, uh, they're, and they're, they don't look worked, they're just fractured. Right. They look like they're just broken off pieces of things, but not of the wall or the ceiling. Right. It's as though someone were here before we were. Um, all right. Uh, uh, Dr. Court, I'll take the candle and see what I can see inside this hole. Okay. I've got my hunting knife in the other hand in case there's a creepy crawly. Oh, be careful, Mr. Smith. 
Um, Mr. Smith, please. I have a, I have a mallet. I, perhaps I, how do you say, just poke it with a stick and keep our hands to ourselves for now. I think it's a matter of uh, not being able to see without entering the candle into the crevice. That's right. If you put the candle in front of your face, it's going to be all the harder to to see. Um, I'm not going to make you do a spot hidden. When you you get up close to it, you position yourself so that you can see in while you've got the candle here. It looks like there's some sort of a package inside there. It looks like it's wrapped in cloth. Um, uh, cloth, not paper? Cloth. Uh, bound with a string? Uh, you can't see that. All you're seeing is there's something in there, but you're seeing one end of it sticking out. Um, and it's, uh, you said the hole was about this big. Yeah, not like that. Maybe so am I looking at something like the end of a, uh, of a, of a submarine sandwich about, wrapped in cloth? About, about, about five inches across. And the hole's about eight inches around. Uh-huh. And the hole is circular. Correct. And this is resting on the bottom? Yes. And I assume it looks old. Yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, reach my hunting knife in and catch it and pull it toward me. Be okay. careful with it. Don't damage it. Um, oh, also one thing. How many hours did it take Zahir's men to open the door in the first place today? Well, they've been working on the pulley system for a couple of days. Days. All right. Okay. Um, so anything we can learn that will help us get out is the most important thing if we want not to join the mummies. Right. Mr. Smith, a, a word to the side, uh, my, my men, I hear, yeah. I hear them laughing on the other side of this door and I would venture a guess that uh, we were going to need to find another way out. I, I fear that they think this is in folly and I also fear that it may not be the way we will exit. This may become our tomb if we do not find another way out. I see. Thank you for being forthcoming. I hope you have a brother who will satisfy uh, with revenge should we dry here in this barren tomb. Let's make sure we don't perish here and we can take care of it ourselves. I would enjoy that. So if I give it a tug with, if I give the cloth a tug with the end of my knife, does it give? Well, it definitely moves around. It's a little, it's a little difficult to get a snag on it with your knife. Um, but uh, it seems very light. Uh, and it definitely, it moves around like it, it looks like a package that's just been shoved in that hole. Uh, given that you've moved the package about with a knife, it seems that the hole's probably not booby-trapped. Uh, I feel comfortable enough with just reaching in and grabbing it if you want to step out of the way. You're the, um, the uh, one who wants to preserve things, so if you're prepared to yes. interfere with this, go right ahead. Okay. 
So I'll, uh, I'll carefully reach my hand into about a foot in, you say, and just grab the, the box and carefully pull it out. Uh, when you put your hand in and your hand closes it, and it's, it's kind of round, whatever it is you're grabbing, uh, you definitely feel the texture of cloth um, that, that seems to be a little stiff. And it's something that you felt before on Egyptian mummies. And it's very light. And as you very carefully pull it out, and you realize in that moment it's precious, you pull it out and you, you cradle it like a baby. And it is uh, a package with a wooden head attached of the, wood of, uh, the head of a dog. This is a mummified dog. And the, the face is beautifully painted. Uh, it still manages to be colorful after 4,000 years. Wow. Young Walter, didn't you say uh, something about a dog was yes, on the yes, wall? Yes, his, his, his guard or destroyer, whatever he called it. I think we might have found him. And we have four of these uh, little cubby holes, is that right? That's correct. How many animals did you uh, see, oh, read? Let's see, there was the dog, the falcon, the hawk. Worm, maybe. That'd be a weird thing to mummify, though. Yes, I think if you mummify a worm, you get a twig. <laughs> uh, as I was moving down the hall earlier, um, with them moving the candle by the door, did I see any other indications of glinting in the distance? Yes. Um, just a short distance down, you can see uh, in the glint of the lights, a couple of things that are glinting gold. Um, it looks like, because it, it it's, it's very dark in that direction, because you've only got a candlelight, that there might be something cubical uh, sitting on the ground that's glinting, and there's something next to it, but it's, it's all lopsided to the, to the side, like, a, like, like another cube, but it's, it's, it's not sitting up straight. Um, about three feet high, uh, the, the, the one that's sitting down, the, the one that looks like a regular thing is, is about, uh, is about uh, a foot and a half high and about three feet long. And they're sparkly gold. So it's not a, it's not a flat surface. You're getting glints of gold from little things all over it. That's extremely odd. Well, uh, I don't have much interest in them pulling out various mummified animals, so I'm going to head back down there and try to explore those objects. Before okay, you I go, Mr. You. Smith, before you go, mm, please, Richard. let's be safe. I have rope, uh, 20 -ish, at 20, I say, let's make it six meters of rope. I, at least, let me tie where we are here, tie the other to you just in case something happens. We don't know if there is a giant hole between here and there. We, we just don't know, and we have no light. Please, for safety, tie to me. I wish we'd, I rather wish we'd use that rope outside. 
in an attempt to keep the lid of this tomb propped open. But uh, although there is perhaps as much risk in tying ourselves to each other as there is in being apart, you're right, I would not enjoy stumbling down a hole. Um, and, so I accept your thoughtful offer. And you'll need a light of some kind too. Uh, we could light another candle or use the one that we're using up here. Or we we could just all just follow them. I mean, we, we would be able to hear if they if they opened it back up, right? I mean, light flooding in. I wouldn't be too worried about not being able to find our way back. I assure you, if I find a way out, I will let you know. So, okay, that leaves it kind of ambiguous for me. Roland, <laughs> I know you're going down the passageway. Uh, Walter, are you going to follow him? I'm, I got to follow him. I mean, given with what we've seen so far, there's just too much to see. I, I don't want to miss out. Howard and Roger and Nate. Perhaps I, 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 I follow them. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm going to. I'm going to join the uh, party further in as well. Okay. Yeah. So if we have, we we I think we should retain our limited light sources. Uh, so let's see what we haven't seen yet. Good. All right. And I'll take the Vanguard. So you go in a little while farther, and the passage goes in about 30 feet. And what you see, what was glinting, uh, there is an extremely beautiful, ornate trunk sitting on the ground um, with uh, designs all over, very Egyptian-looking designs. Uh, and next to it is a golden table. Uh, it's wood, it's, it's overlaid with gold. However, uh, it's broken and it's lying on its side. Now, what you also see is that at the end of the passage, right, right on the other side of the trunk, uh, there is a solid plastered wall going floor to ceiling, except that there is a three-foot uh, hole that has been hammered through the, the, the plaster and stone. And there's little bits and pieces of it lying on all over. This definitely looks like a grave robbery, like somebody's been in here before. Uh, it looks like we're not the first ones here, Bingham. Sorry about that. I wonder what happened to whoever came before us. Um, this whole time isn't big enough for a person to get through, right? Oh, yeah. In the plaster? Easily you can get through it, yeah. Okay. Fact, and I'm um, pretty sure that the table and the, uh, the chest were pulled out. Oh, they were pulled out? Yeah. Okay. They were pulled out uh, where you were. Pulled out but left. Uh, and there are no signs of human remains in this passageway. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to think that... Uh, that they might have been stuck down here too. Might not be the, might not be the first ones. Might not be the last. We need we need to take a peek into that into that hole and see what kind of passageway is is behind it. Here, here, I'm I, I'm pretty small. I, I I could squeeze through there. Well, take a look and see what you see, Walter. Okay. I'm going to make my way up to their group. Okay. So, Where Walter, I assume you take the candle. Yep. And you step through, well, you, you sort of have, you, you can sort of scooch down and just scooch through. Yeah, I'm, I'm size 40. I'm really. And what you I'll see. Be careful, Walter. 
what you see, you, you're suddenly reminded of, uh, of Howard Carter, because what you see are wonderful things. You see a room filled with uh, furniture and statuary and, uh, you know, uh, all the kind of gold trinkets and stuff that you could possibly imagine. It, you're just, you're blown away by the, by the stuff that you see in there. Oh my goodness, fact, Mr. Bingham, it's... Yeah, the room is piled high with it, up to the ceiling. Mr. Bingham, this is amazing. What, what, what's in there? Walter? It's just full of gold. What? I'm just gonna like, I'm just gonna like rush in right, right behind him. <laughs> okay. Oh. Oh, no! Oh my, oh my. Oh. And yeah, just so just floor, floor to ceiling. Yeah, like, just, piled up against the walls uh, are chairs and tables and stuff, all inlaid with gold and, and all kinds of stuff. Um, uh, now, if, if I were, uh, let me sort of lay this out for you. You have gone north. You've been going north up the passage. This room opens up. And when you're standing inside, uh, there is a, a, a kind of a path through the middle of this, all this furniture that's piled up. There's even a boat, you know, with uh, all sort of ornate stuff all over it. And um, you can see that to your left and straight ahead, there's an archway leading into another room. And to your right and around a corner a little bit, uh, there seems to be statuary and perhaps another archway. Though you can't see that as well because there's lots of stuff. Uh, and Walter, do a, well, actually Howard, you do a spot hidden for me. I got 27 out of um, 45. Okay. Uh, you notice the beautiful furniture, but you also notice that some of it is broken. There are pieces that were originally stacked up that have fallen over on the ground uh, and they've smashed. And some of them pretty badly. Uh, it could be their age. Uh, it could be like you, you suspect that somebody's been in here before. I'm starting to think somebody, somebody's been up and around here. Things have been moved. All these nice, for all this nice furniture, some of it destroyed. Mm. But I, I would be surprised if they uh, if they moved that rock and put it back all by themselves. They must have come in another way. They they might have run into the same problem. Might have opened up the rock and gotten trapped. So, gentlemen, no corpses yet. No, not that we can see. There might be some in somewhere back here, but there's. It's hard and to is still. the air the same? It's still pretty stale. It's not, it, it, it's a little bit more, there's more, a lot more air in this room. So it's a much That's more. welcome. It's, it's easier to breathe over here. Very good. Zaheer, let's um, unattach uh, ourselves. Uh, and I would like, um, as I'm responsible for security here, I'll take the lead as we continue forward. You say there are other rooms, apparently? Uh, yes, I think there's there's two others. Uh, one's a little covered by with uh, statues, though. But I think we can move past them if we wanted to. And Tom, there's no um, 
there's no signs of insect life or rodents or anything. It's just dry desert emptiness, right? Correct, correct. Okay. Are there oh. any hieroglyphs at the end of the hall where the um, hole through the wall is? Uh, yeah, very similar to on the door. There okay. are, are wards against uh, breaking in. Okay. Was the plaster itself that was punctured, was that smooth and not, didn't, and not written on? Uh, yeah, it was, it was mostly smooth and, and white. Um, the center of that, that wall had some things on it, like I say, wards like were on the door. And I have yet to see any place where the limestone could have come from. Correct. Uh, I, I would like to uh, point out the, the weird bits of limestone that have a mysterious origin to the academics. Uh, and if no one objects, I will um, uh, advance us as a group through this archway to the left. Okay. Well, let's let's take our time. You you step into the room and you see that there's lots and lots of furniture, lots of lots of uh, funerary stuff that that you would expect in a tomb like this. Um, to your, as I say, to your left and across, straight across, you can see that there's a, an archway going into another room. Uh, as you step in, you, you're looking to the right, and there is an archway with another gigantic stone slab in front of it. And on either side of the stad, uh, slab are two, what look like two statues uh, dressed in golden armor. Uh, or maybe they're two suits of golden armor that are on either side. Um, but they're definitely, they've got their arms like this, and one of them has one of those Egyptian blades. It's kind of crooked. And the other one has some sort of a club. Uh, so they look like guardians of some sort. And the center, the, the slab itself, once again, also has these markings all over it. Um, the slab is about the same size as the big one outside. And it's and it's stone. It's not. It's stone. It's stone. Right. Uh, any of you uh, fellows got any idea whose tomb this is exactly? Doctor Jennings, do an archaeology roll. Well, I sure hope it doesn't become ours. <laughs> That's the path. Okay. Uh, from the furniture and from the furnishings in here, you're definitely sure it's probably Eighth Dynasties, which that's that. It's much it. much older than what uh, you would expect in the Valley of the Kings. Uh, it's also a period in Egyptian history that is very very little is known about it. There's uh, there were lots of uh, wars and lots of things that. The recording of, of who was Pharaoh and stuff like that is not very well documented. So we've made a great discovery here. Um, the trouble is, is that we will not benefit from this discovery if we don't figure out a way out of, uh, out of this place. Um, the passageway, are, are we all inside or just? Yes, you've all come inside. Okay, okay. Uh, let's. Let's take a 
take a look at this open archway that's on the left and see if this is going further in or maybe we'll reveal a way out. Uh, I think is that's a reasonable suggestion. Um, uh, is there anything to indicate to those of you who've been inside a lot of tombs, uh, whether the previous grave robber was here 10 years ago or 1,000 years ago? There's nothing. Um, Neither myself nor my crew would know anything of this. There's a fairly thick coating of dust on things, so. Well, hold on there, Nate, actually. Uh, how, how old is, is this place? Well, if it's if it's eighth dynasty, then we're probably talking like two thousand BC to twenty two hundred BC. Is that that's so quite old? It's almost four almost four thousand years. Yes, sir, Mister Bingham. This is quite a discovery. There were there were thirty dynasties in Egypt, and this is the eighth one. Are there any inscriptions on the statues besides the uh, wards that we saw earlier? Do you want to go over to the statues? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, uh, so yeah, the, 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 this tomb, this, uh, this, this slab, it's up a couple little steps. So when you go over to, and the statues are on either side, uh, go ahead and do a, uh, a spot hidden for me. That is an 11. So it's a hard success. Um, you're looking at them, uh, and uh, the gold, gold doesn't tarnish. So gold is, is still as bright, if a little dusty in places. But you're looking at them, and you suddenly realize that these are not statues. These are men who have been impaled on a spike and mummified and then dressed up as guardians. Uh, you can do a sanity roll. And I fell. <laughs> uh, Since we have one light source, does that mean we're all sort of Yeah, or you're standing you're standing back in the dark a little bit. There's not a lot of room. Uh, for you to walk around. There's so much furniture in here. Um, go ahead and do a 1d4. That's a one. Okay. So you, Roger. Gasp, you gasp and back away. Roger, what is it? These, these are not statues at all. These, these appear to have been men that have been impaled and dressed and stood here. I have no idea how long they've been here. This is beginning to get quite bizarre. Uh, are, are these uh, men, are they uh, as old as the rest of uh, the items in the room or are these our uh, looters? Um, I would uh, all you could probably tell us from the design of the the armor, which would be eighth century, eighth uh, dynasty. Oh, okay. So it, they date to the time. Here. 
Oops, we lost you a little bit, Nate. Your sound cut out. Oh, is that better? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's what, you, what do you guys want to do next? I, I maybe everybody, should, everybody else should do a sanity roll. Uh, won't be as harsh because Roger. I failed. <laughs> Fail. Fail. Can I pass again? I failed this one. If, if you pass, take one point of damage. If you, if you fail, uh, do a, a 1d4 and then cut it in half. I still took two. Oh, um, now, if these, if the bodies inside the armor that I'm inspecting, if they were impaled 4,000 years ago, they're going to be brittle skeletons. If they were mummified 4,000 years ago, they'll be mummies. And if they're newer, but were dressed in the armor, then they might be desiccated and with some skin and hair. What, what kind of condition are we talking about? You want to examine them close up? Yeah. Um, go ahead and do a spot hidden. 29 is good okay. for 55, not quite a hard. Well, with your exploration, you can see that they are extremely desiccated. Um, uh, you do find bits of hair and fingernails, um, but you're actually not sure whether that's possible. I mean, you heard somewhere like King... King Tut that there was hair. So I'm not sure about your hypothesis. Right. Well, and if, if they weren't, and they're not mummified, there's no sign that they were intentionally coated with preservatives or anything. It looks like they were wrapped in, in cloth like mummies. Oh, but okay. You can definitely see that they were impaled first. And, and, it, that's obvious because of the puncture that is vertical or horizontal or uh, they're, they're, or is there still something through them? They're punctured up through, yeah, there's a spike going up through them. And it looks like that they were put on the spike and then they were wrapped up because the wrapping goes around the spike. It doesn't, the spike doesn't go through the wrapping. So oh. they were either dead before they were mummified or they were thrown on, the, they were put on the spike first and then wrapped up. That's the sanity loss. But it's not, there's no indication that these are only 100 years old. These could be 4,000 years old. They look like they could be 4,000. As far as I know, except for the, yeah. The, the Part, parts of them have crumbled into powder, yeah. Uh, and the, and the um, armor they were dressed with then, mm -hmm. it is encased them or is it sort of a covering? It's, it's sort of a covering. It's as if they, they were, it's actual armor that's been placed on. It's, it's show armor. Uh, nobody, wow. nobody would fight in this because it's all, all gold. Right. But, uh, well, as we said, then we've got a fortune here if we get out. Uh, my preference, gentlemen, is to go through the door that is open and not the door that is closed and guarded by these rather <laughs> gruesome figures. And you have to agree. Okay. 
Yes. It is time we move from this room. We have to find a way out. So as you move over to the other archway, um, you can see that there are hieroglyphs around the arch uh, that would seem to indicate that what you're going into is a religious antechamber, uh, perhaps a place where they would have prepared the, prepared the body or where they might have said prayers. And as you step into it, it's got considerably less furniture in it, uh, but you're confronted by a number of very interesting things. On one wall, the wall to your uh, right, your, your left, there are little niches, niches all over in the wall, hundreds of them. And it looks like, uh, you're taking this all in at once, but um, it looks like there are little places where they were burning incense. So each one of them has a little bit of ashes and a little bit of something that looks like it was incense. On the far wall, dead ahead of you, there is a large mur mural, which we will get to in a moment. And to your right, uh, facing in the same direction as the tomb in the room that you're in, um, there is something incredibly unusual. There is uh, a, a shrine table and setting on the shrine table is a three-foot-high, solid gold onk, but it's upside down. And when you look at it, it's like it's composed of little tiny tentacles. And all around it, what the hell? Sorry, my Norton just suddenly decided to run. And time is it? It looks like um, there are little dolls of men that are sitting on the floor in front of the shrine, uh, hundreds of them all sort of arranged around the table that has this enormous upside down golden unk. Um, it ha I I'd like you to all do a spot hidden and a, well. I passed the spot hidden. Pass. Extreme success. Uh, Stream. Okay. If I got you, a hard, hard success on that. Okay, good. Just if you pass, if you passed, do a sanity roll, because you have the uncanny feeling that little tentacles are wiggling. The little I gold guess. tentacles. The little gold tentacles are wiggling. Now, you can't tell if they are. Maybe it's a trick of the candlelight. Sure. Maybe you rock yourself back and forth. But you can't get over the feeling that the thing is somehow alive. And this is the this is the large golden onk that is large, wriggling. Right, the upside down onk. Right. Did you guys see that move? I <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't say that. And if you if you if you fail your sanity, you can take a point of damage. I made mine. 
I mean, um, so does this uh, onk look biological at all, or it does just, it looks gold? That it looks gold. Looks like it was in incredibly beautifully wrought, but you don't understand all the little tentacles. Oh, and look at this, Mr. Bingham. I didn't, this is the first Egyptian thing I've ever seen with like tentacles designs. Oh, uh, Howard, you're, you're muted. Very, very strange. Uh, Nate, what can, what can you make of this? I mean, I'm paying you to, to know what this is. We've ne I've never run into anything uh, like this, a tentacled uh, onk, and I'm unsure of these hundreds of uh, small dolls that almost seem to be worshiping around this altar. How tall are these? Uh, they're all about a foot tall. And actually, go ahead and do an archaeology roll. Are those figures dressed? Yes. Are they well, they're, clay? They're, they're, they're painted on. Yeah. An extreme success. Extreme success. Uh, you know what they are. They are called... Um, Oh, and I'm missing one of the most important things, but I'll get to that in a second. Um, I can't find the word, but they're, they're something that they do put into Egyptian tombs. They are supposedly, uh, uh, they become slaves in the afterlife to serve the dead person. What, what can you make of this? Now, before you can go to that, okay, there's also something on the wall, but you're going to notice something first. I forgot all about this. Okay. Uh, in the corner of the room, uh, slumped into the corner and uh, laying over on its side a little bit, it looks like there is a body. And it looks like it's dressed in clothes that were in style uh, a couple of decades ago. Uh, in style where? Uh, in uh, England, maybe, or Germany, or, or just, just in general Europe, European style clothes. Yeah, so it looks as though we have found our looter and that he did not find a way out. I'd like to um, see if we can, if I can tell how exactly our predecessor died. Okay. Um, we'll get back to that in a moment. Directly uh, over his head and uh, against the wall that he is leaning against, uh, there is a large mural. What is going on with this sun? Then look at that I'm symbol. It's, it's upside down. Hmm. These are like, I, I've never seen any Egyptian art like this. The uh, oval thingy should should suggest a name, shouldn't it? Uh, above the fellow's weapon. Yes. What do you guys make of these hieroglyphics, the linguists among us? All right, Did you roll for it. Yeah. That's a fail for me. Nate and oh, sorry, uh, yeah, Roger. And that's a fail for me. 
I'm no linguist, but I am an archaeologist. Uh, <laughs> might I take a stab at uh, interpreting or translating these? Sure. Yeah, well, uh, I'm clueless. <laughs> Can I push the role by getting like a lot closer and like really studying it? Um, yeah, let's say you need to get closer to it. You can't see quite well with the, and there's a dead body laying on the ground. In front of it, so. That dead body doesn't smell, does it? Nope. Yeah, nope, still failed. <laughs> Well, let's just give it to uh, let's give it to Roger because he is a. It'll take you a little bit to translate. Okay. Um, so what we'll do is, uh, yeah, go ahead. Let's go ahead and do it. Uh, you're looking at it, and uh, this is the translation. Go ahead and read that for us if you can. Okay. I am the eye that sees past the present, and darkness has revealed to me the truth of things hidden. I stand at a great height and look down upon all. Let the gods look upon me and tremble, for they are like fodder beneath my feet. Time is meaningless. I wait. I am patient. For all these things will pass away, only I will remain. I walk the land pure and serene, and the darkness follows me. All is ready. All is prepared. Let him who waits with me sleep until I come. The trial is past. Let him be tied to the earth, though Ages upon ages passed through his faithful beating heart, strong of body, awaiting the return of his master. And the name appears to be Nefrinka. Oh, Professor Kaur, you were just, I knew it was just a light earlier. Look at you, you're a master. <laughs> uh, Nate got a hard success on his archaeology role. Okay. The name rings a bell. Uh-huh. Um, but it's, it's, it's something out of it, 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 apocryphal literature. It's, it's stuff that's spoken of and, and people who talk about it tend to get labeled as a crank, but supposedly somewhere between the eighth and 10th dynasty, there was an Egyptian Pharaoh named Neferen Ka. Uh, who was so reviled and despised by the people that his uh, almost all records of him were completely destroyed afterwards. Uh, it said that he uh, that he worshipped darkness and that he ended up murdering thousands of his own people as sacrifices to the the gods that he worshipped. quite the ominous inscription. Most people who claim this nephron naka? Nephron ka. Nephron ka exists or not. They're academically suspect, but we very well may have evidence of uh, his real existence. Uh, Given the reputation, I'm becoming more afraid of traps. Uh, uh, this guy was dark. 
yourself, the guy lying on the ground, Roland. Yes. You can immediately tell that this man had his chest caved in and his skull smashed. Um, but there are no obvious weapons nearby. None. However, so do a spot just... hidden for me. 35 for 55, normal success. You can see that there's a small journal that's uh -huh. laying on the ground, uh, kind of half underneath him. And he's, he's a, a desiccated, ruined person in decaying clothes. Yes, except that there are still bits and pieces of, yeah, there's bits and pieces of flesh still on him. There's right. a substantial amount of hair. Right. Dried out, but not ancient. Dried out. At all. Dried yeah. out, correct. Um, uh, uh, Professor, I need light over here. We've got some documentation. Hopefully this um, learned archaeologist uh, learned something before he expired here. <clears throat> and I want to carefully pry the journal out so it doesn't crumble to dust before they get light to it. It's actually in pretty good shape. Um, leather and paper? Leather and paper, yeah. So, so there are a number of entries in the journal, uh, but I'll give, you, I'll give you the ones that are most important. So you can read that. Shall I read? Yeah, please. 7th August, 1916. Word has reached us of fierce fighting north, close to the Suez Canal. Our men are frightened enough as it is without the fear of being killed in a crossfire. Their superstitious beliefs have delayed the dig more than once, and I do not care for any further delay. It is long ingrained in their backwards minds to leave the dead alone that this place is evil. Such nonsense should always be ignored. We dig tirelessly through the loose sand and rock. We are close. 3rd September, 1916. Today was glorious. We have found the entrance. Removing the doorway was difficult, but we created a pulley system that allowed us entry. More work greets us inside. Limestone chips have clogged the entirety of the tunnel. It would seem that this is meant to further seal the tomb from grave robbers. I've halted the removal of the stones until I've surveyed the structure and documented what we have learned thus far. Sutton thinks my meticulous records are unnecessary and time-consuming but I think we may have made a discovery that will change what we believe about the history of Egypt considerably. 1st December, 1916. Finally, the tunnel is now clear. Some of the workers have taken a great interest in the damaged hieroglyphs in the passageway. They're acting fearful. From the style and placement of the artwork, I might guess seventh or eighth dynasty. Certainly older than any previous tomb in the Valley of the Kings, maybe by 1,000 years. Today, we remove the last of the stone chips and explore. The stonework looks unstable. It may be too risky to use the explosives. 2nd December, 1916. We may have underestimated the local superstitious population. We seem to be on the receiving end of animosity from the locals. Our crew chief, Mustafa, says that many on his crew want to quit. Others want us to rebury the tomb and forget that it exists. Zutton is having none of it. He has posted guards at the tomb entrance, 
who are not afraid of ghosts and ghoulies, but would much rather make a little cash. Well, there would be plenty of cash to go around if that tomb was filled with gold and precious jewels, as I suspect it may be. 3rd December, 1916. It's very early in the morning. I have secreted myself within the tomb. Sutton is dead. The local laborers attacked us in the night and broke his neck when he refused to comply with their wishes to reseal the tomb. I suspect that they will bury the tomb when the sun rises. They are afraid to approach it at night. I'll gather some of the jewelry and then make my escape. It is the ignorant fools of the world that ruin everything, but I know its location. Even if they bury it and remove all trace of its being here, I will find it again. I will return with a better crew, one not so superstitious. This place will not be my tomb. I can hear noises. They may have followed me somehow. Please, God, don't let them find me or all is lost. Wait, there is something in here with me. That's the final entry. Uh, have you fellows heard of this Sutton before? I have not. I have not. And it sounds as though maybe we should not be in here either. Uh, I suspect that much is clear. Uh, the um, deceased suspected that there was something inside the tomb with him. So I suspect that we have to look for uh, the corpse of his assailant, probably one of the workers that got in after him. So the, uh, the stone slab through which we entered the tomb, it was something that was not opened some 10 years ago, correct? I mean, we we had to dig to it and so forth. Yes, but the journal says that they buried it, or he feared they would bury it with more sand and stone. I'm wondering if we need to go up vertically. It's a hillside. There's, uh, you know, some of it's cracked, but we might be safer if the if uh, Mr. Rashad's team is not as trustworthy as he assumed, looking for a way out that isn't the door. Uh, Nate, are, are, do these places usually have more than one entrance? Well, I'm, I'm thinking that uh, this team that entered in uh, some 10 years ago, 1916, did not enter in the same through the same doorway that we did. Why, why do you make that assumption? Well, uh, it is an assumption. I, I, did we have evidence at the door that it had been opened before, Tom? It didn't look like it, but then again, it was buried. Okay. Um, there were limestone chips in the hallway, which he talks about as well. Mm -hmm. Removed most of them. Mm. Zahir, do a, a spot hidden. Are we still in the same room um, with uh, a tentacle statue? Yes. 
can can I roll an occult to see if it uh, like is like similar to any like known religions? Uh, sure. Extreme success on the spot hidden. Okay. You notice that the body is leaning against something between his back and the wall. Looks like a bag. I walk to the body, give it a little nudge to free up the bag. Okay. When you give it a little nudge, his body sort of crumples over to the side. Um, there is definitely like a duffel that he's got there, and it looks like it's packed full of stuff. I open the duffel. Okay. It seems to be packed full of jewelry and and gold and things that he found in the tomb. There's enough there that you could live the rest of your life off of the uh, off of the stuff in there. But you also notice that there's a couple of other things in there. Uh, there is, uh, it looks like there's a trowel. It looks like there's a flask. It looks like there is a passport. And it looks like there's a couple of sticks of dynamite. Is uh, the, the the journal mentioned dynamite? What uh, as archaeologists, why would anyone want to bring such a thing into such a place? Well, if yes, uh, it's a it's a blunt weapon or it's a, a tool. Uh, uh, typically, not not something, not not a technique that that I would use in uh, exploring a tomb of this age. Maybe he was worried about uh, after they killed Sutton or who, you know, he, if they buried him in here, he needed a way out. We need a way out. Uh, I'd like to tell him to examine the dynamite to see if it might still be functional. It looks like it's been kept dry. Um, so here you are. Size and weight of the slabs. Do I think that it's possible to uh, at least uh, rupture one of them? We have two slabs, right? The one between the two statues and the one that we came in through. Right. Um, the one that's going into the tomb, you're on the outside. Uh, the big stone slab would be leaning against the wall. Okay. The one that you came through is on the outside. So if you were to figure out how to carefully place that dynamite, you could blow the stone out straight. You know, the stone would probably just fall over. Right. So I, you know, gentlemen, we may uh, not find ourselves trapped here for eternity given the preparations that this greedy soul left. But it'll take some preparation, I think. To so get I hear us you out. said something a moment ago, but you were muted. Yes, I, I fear if we use the dynamite, the cracks will only get bigger. The whole place could collapse upon us. We never, ever leave here. So let us think very carefully about using the dynamite. Yes, let us think uh, as long as we have enough oxygen to do so. 
but uh, I think preparations should be made just the same. Um, as in the case of an earthquake, we can hide in archways while we set off an explosive. But I would rather die suddenly from a falling rock than slowly through starvation, dehydration, suffocation. I'd like you to all do a listen roll. Twelve. Did not pass. No, I, uh, to make a note, I did pass the occult uh, roll. Okay. You know that it's a religious symbol normally in, in Egyptian meaning life, except in this case it's upside down, which does that mean death? Anti-life? I got an 03 on the listen. Okay. I got an 02. I failed. Way to show me up. <laughs> I thought I was cool. Way to only get great roles when it's not about Egyptology, yeah. hieroglyphics, <laughs> or archaeology. Uh, those of you who passed, uh, you just suddenly freeze in your tracks, whatever you're doing, and you, you stop, and you think you hear something. And it might maybe be echoes from the work team if they're trying to get the door open. But it sounds like scraping. And all of a sudden, you hear a crash. And you all jump when you hear the noise. It still sounds distant, though. It's not like it was in the other room. And when you say crash, it sounds like something stony breaks? Yeah, it sounds almost like a collapse of some sort, but you're not sure where. Is that, was that the entryway? Did anyone sound like it, stone? It could have been back at the entryway. Maybe uh, Rashad's crew is has busted through. Oh, hopefully they have. Yeah, so let's get out of here. I think we should definitely investigate this crash. Yes, let's get out of way back. Get out of this creepy room. I, I'm pretty weirded out by the uh, the tentacled onk. I, I I keep glancing back at it to see if to confirm that it was actually moving or whether it was just a trick of my eyes. Um, do a sanity roll. I failed my sanity roll. Okay. What it means is that when you look at the onk, the illusion is compelling. You can't tell, is it moving or is it not? And the more you stare at it, the more you, you yeah, at first you'll convince yourself that maybe it's a trick of the light. Is it a shadow? But the more you look at it, the more you can't stop looking at it because it's, you can't figure out what, what's going on. So take, take a point of sanity. The, uh, the, the figurines that are facing that onk, that yes. un-onk, they're clay? Yes, they look like they're ceramic. And they're a foot tall and they're painted. Correct. 
painted with clothing. They don't have actual clothing. Were there any hieroglyphics or more of the uh, same wards that we saw earlier uh, on the altar or near the uh, Ankh? No, nothing like that in here. Well, should we go, go see if it if they opened up the entrance? Yeah, yes, I, I think I think we should. Let us go back to the entrance. Before we go, before we go, I am fascinated by this onk. I I'm drawn. I want to I want to touch it. We we will have plenty of time to look at the onk once we once we've checked. You know, once we survive, flashlights down here and and knowing everything. You know, secured, we'll, we'll be fine. Although, Zahir, I think you should um, feel welcome to knock the damned thing on its side as we leave. I want to get the dynamite to the entrance and see if we can actually guarantee that we won't die in here. I will. I would actually like to set this onk to where it is standing correctly and not upside down. Okay. Oh, you find that it is difficult to touch because uh, for one thing, it's oddly cold. And in another way, it's kind of like touching cactus. It's all the little tentacles are prickly. And this probably, if it's really gold, it's gonna weigh hundreds of pounds. So uh, you, you try to move it and it rocks slightly, but it also do a, a, do a luck roll. I was gonna say strength. I failed. Okay. Um, you find that where you've touched it on your hands, uh, you've got little pricks of blood because they're very sharp. I, I don't care to touch it anymore. I, I go back to the bag, to the duffel. I remove the trowel. I take it with me and I follow the group. Okay. I need a, a marching order. Uh, you are all in that little room, but only only one of you can go out at a time, and you're following the path towards the uh, towards well, the, the the way out. Well, I'm 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 the smallest. I I I could get get through the hole the fastest. I think. Well, I, I, I was saying that we should go back to check first. So I assume uh, Howard would be up front. Okay. So in the back initially. So Howard, Walter. How about the rest of? Hold behind Walter. I'm uh, probably Rashad was in the back. He was touching the uh, right. the onk. I, I was very curious about how that went. So I'm uh, probably just right in front of Rashad. Okay. So uh, that'll how, sandwich me. Howard, Walter, Roger, uh, Roland, Nate, and and Rashad. Um, I can. I'm going to sheath my hunting knife and take out my gun. So let's do uh, for for Bingham. Uh, and for Walter and for Roger, do uh, spot hidden. And who has the candle? Success. 
Do we have two candles going now? I rolled a uh, hard success. I believe we still have only one candle, and yeah. I would expect that it would be with number two, or me. So that number one would be able to see a little bit. Okay. And then the people following. So yeah, I got a ninety-six. I'm a little too. I had a ninety-six. I'm a little too fixated on. Okay. Holding the candle steady. So Howard, uh, you are making your way around the furniture and heading towards uh, the. Uh, the hallway, uh, and you pass towards the hole, the little three-foot hole, um, and you passed your uh, spot hidden. Um, you suddenly come to a halt, and uh, Walter, you bump into him in the process, and Roger, you also got a really good roll. Uh, you both, your attention is suddenly pulled over towards the tomb door, and it's moving. Why, why did you stop? Nice. Uh, what, what, what is going on with the door? Do you see this? Walter. Well, uh, you can all hear it now, too. It's, a, it's stone scraping on stone. It's literally being pushed slightly to the side, very slowly. It must weigh five tons. Um, what is this trickery? Did it would trigger anything? I, I someone must have stepped on something. These, but how how could they devise something that could push the stone? They don't. They didn't have electricity. How could they? This is the eighth century, for God's sake. There's nothing like this. Is anything happening with the uh, guards that were next to it? Nothing. Um, uh, so we are all frozen in our tracks listening to this. Some of us can see a little bit. Right. And uh, everybody do a listen roll. 26. That's pass. I rolled a 30 out of 30. Fail. As, as you fail. can hear the echoes in the room of this gigantic slab going like this. You hear something on the other side of the wall that sounds distinctly animal. Something grunting on the other side of that stone slab. Mr. Bingham, we, we need to move. What? No, there's nothing over there. This, all tricks. Tricks, I say. No, no, no. There's, there's something moving that stone. Mr. Bingham, I, I can hear it. it what, what could it possibly... doesn't sound human. We need, to, we need to move. I don't like what this What could place. move the stone, Walter? I'm going to try to push past him. <laughs> okay. So where are you going, Walter? I'm trying to go through the, the hole to see if okay. the entrance is. Okay. Um, before you make that decision, I'll just say one thing. Uh, this room is full of places where you could hide. I hide. <laughs> or you could get out of the room. <laughs> I am, well, yeah, I am close. I am going to, yeah, I'm just gonna try to go. All right. The light source, and I, and I have light source. Find Walter. Yeah, as I guess, since I he has the light, I just kind of like shake my head. And, There's nothing back there. There's it's fine, and then I just follow him through the hole. Okay. Um. So for so the rest, we're in pitch blackness without blackness, right? Uh. Yeah. 
I think I, I, I'm tempted to suggest that I make a power roll to see whether I just fire in the direction of the animal sounds, although it's a pretty bad place to shoot a gun. But I have it handy, and I'm suddenly plunged into darkness next to something that sounds like a giant animal. Well, you're pretty sure if you fire anything in that direction, now you're just going to hit the stone slab. Right. And then ricochet and... And yeah, all right. So it's a mad scramble for the hole in the wall and the candlelight behind it, right? Okay. Um, well, roll, Roger's the closest. Roger, do you want to scramble for the hole? I'm going to start my way there. Or do you want to get underneath the furniture or um, hide in the boat? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, let's hide the boat. Let's hide in the boat if it's okay. close to me. We'll say it's close enough to you that you could climb into the boat. Okay. So he climbs into the boat. Who was right behind him? Uh, Roland. Yeah. What are you uh, doing? I'm. I'm definitely. You know, going to hit the whatever light is still shining through the the cracked plaster. Okay. I'm. You know, size seventy. So I'm just going to barrel through whatever. The, through the plaster because I've got the dynamite and a gun but I can't do anything in the darkness okay uh, Nate and Zahir you've barely stepped out of the, the antechamber door yeah I would normally be tempted to uh, follow the gentleman with a gun in this situation however uh, with this door moving I just don't feel like I've got enough time to to head for the hole. I'm just going to find the closest item that I can hide behind um, and keep my eyes uh, focused on that moving slab. Okay. And so here? I'm just not going to come out into that room. I'll slide ever so gently right back into the place we came from and hang out with the little ceramic people. Okay. Um, you hear another grunt or two, and then all of a sudden, you can definitely hear it much louder. There's definitely a crack where the stone has been pushed away, and it's definitely a, some sort of a very large animal that you're hearing it huff and puff and grunt, and you can hear what you imagine are its incredibly long fingernails clicking against the stone as it's moving the the stone out of the way. Um, Walter and uh, Howard, uh, you're right back into the hallway and there's nothing in the hallway except the broken piece of furniture and, and, uh, and the box. Uh, and the stone slab is still there. It wasn't, it wasn't them, it wasn't them, it was the thing. I don't know. I don't, none of this makes sense to me. None of this makes sense. Uh, can, uh, can can Howard like discern uh, if the the creature like sounds like a nor like anything normal that he's ever heard, like a normal like a normal like worldly being, or does it sound like pretty like crazy, uh, crazy different? Yeah, it sounds like maybe the closest animal that you've ever heard make noises like that would be a bear. 
or maybe a cow, something large. A bear or a cow. Yeah. Because all I you can hear is sound. It's a cow. How could how could it survive down here? There's I just none of this makes sense. What what cracked? What broke through the the stone? I'm gonna look around. Are there any other like tunnels or poles leading off anywhere? Nope. It's good news. Light coming behind this uh, where the slabs opening up, uh, and this uh, animal is behind. Say that again. Is there any light coming uh, uh, around the slab that's opening up? It seems just like a dark passage behind it too. Well, it's there's no light whatsoever where you are. It's pitch black. You can't see your hand in front of your face. Okay. All you're experiencing is noise, sound. Okay. Hmm. Let me make a point. If there's some creature down here uh, that's been living on something, then there's water and air. We just have to survive that creature. We just have to make sure we don't get our chests crushed in like uh, the fellow in the other room. Does, does the creature like sound like close? Like is it going to be in the room soon? Or it, it sounds like it's about to enter the room through the... Now, now Walter and Howard and I are in the first chamber, the first hallway. Right. With the light. Uh, whereas Zahir is in the tomb of the evil Ankh and Roger and Nate presumably can't really hear us in the first chamber where they're hiding from the beastie. Right. Just to be clear where we all are. Okay. Um, I think, gentlemen, that the time for subtlety regarding dynamite is over. If you yes, yes, let's get out of here. If you lead, bring the candle toward the entry slab, I suggest we choose a corner that looks or that we recall might be more slender maybe where there's some rope hanging to place our explosive and see if we can blast our way out of this hell hole okay this is just let's let's do it all right so you're you're preparing for something like that wait mr bingham had something to say roland i we should we should keep the dynamite for the moment we we don't know what this creature is if, if there is something down here, I mean, we, it, sounds, it sounds like a bear. Like, for God's sakes, we need a gun. How is a gun going to kill a bear? Well, I mean, guns. All right, those of you that are still in, now those of you who are in the middle room, Roger, you're hiding in the boat. Uh, the scraping sound stops, and you hear something come into the room, it definitely has a, f a heavy thudding footfall and that clicking noise or those it's nails on the floor. Uh, you can hear it grunting <clears throat> as it moves into the room and you, even though it's pitch black, you can almost feel its presence. You know from the sound of the breathing that it's, it's right over there and it's moving into the room and it moves in and it seems to stop where it is for a moment and you hear it go S -s 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 -s. 
you hear it sniffing the air. I'm going to start feeling around in the boat to s- if there's any sort of like ore or anything I could possibly hold on to as maybe a weapon. There are. There are, in fact, two oars in the, uh, in the boat lying down. And they're heavy, like they're probably coated in gold. Uh, Zahir, you also, Zahir and Nate, you also can hear this thing. It's, it's loud. It's a big animal. Uh, I'm holding my breath and hiding to the best of my ability without moving a muscle. I I'm uh, going over to the hunched over dead body and I'm going to basically use that as a human shield and hide under the dead body. Okay. Zahir, you you've heard a noise like this before. It sounds like an alligator or rather a crocodile. It's got that low grunting, almost purring sound that that big giant crocodiles make. Only it's it's not close to the ground. It seems to be up higher. Um, and you're hearing it around the corner from the other room, but you, 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 you know, what's sort of making that noise you think. Um, all right, let's go back to Howard and Walter and Roland in the hallway. We have to blow the door. We got to get out of here. I am desperate to see. Go ahead. Roland, you will keep the dynamite. I, I, I have tried not to interfere, tried not to, to, to tell you how to do your job, but this is, the, but this is, this is something I cannot let you do. Oh, are you guys talking out loud? <laughs> we're, like whisper, we're like whispering, like, Roland, no. You prefer to stay trapped inside this tomb with something than to open the door to the outside world. What if it doesn't work? We have, we have so learned about Mr. Bingham. Um, I'm trying to figure out what uh, makes sense to determine how I place the dynamite. I mean, I've I've got locksmith. That doesn't seem quite right. Well, just explain to me how or what you would do. So as I understand, the slab was lifted from outside from a vertical to a horizontal and then no, fell back. It was, it was lifted this way. It was lifted this way. And okay. It fell down this way. All right. Uh, and there, you said that there were still uh, some ropes from that process that were visible from within. Bits of rope, yeah, that are caught. Bits of rope. So I would, I would basically choose a corner where I could attach something, you know, between the, the frame and the slab where I could most hope that it would rupture. Okay, Roland, do you have, uh, 
demolition or anything like that? I have mechanical repair. Okay, roll that for me. Which is not crazy. I mean, it's mechanical disrepair that I'm trying. 65 for 55. Do you want to use some luck? <laughs> I want to, part of me wants to push by using Howard's body as a buffer, but yeah, it's all spend luck. You could push, but. Um, I don't know. I mean, I would like to, I don't know how I would push that. You know what? Don't, don't, don't use luck because yeah. you kind of said it. Um, ideally, you need something to direct the blast. Right. If you just put the dynamite against the wall and it went off, most of the blast would just come into the room. Right. So, yeah. Kill Howard and put him up against them. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Calm down. I'm not sure he would actually block that much. You know, a frail little human body compared to a multi-ton slab. Um, any of the artifacts? I mean, well, there's, there was a, a, there's a broken table and there's a big, there's a trunk. Uh, both inlaid with gold, so they're probably pretty heavy. Really heavy. Um, they're also right next to the hole. Yeah, they are, next to the monster. I mean, I, you know, I could demand that the, that the two guys help me, like, push limestone against the dynamite, but I don't think Howard's going to even... Limestone is fairly light. Yeah, it is. It would just become projectile as well. No, we, we, we have to we have to move move one of those hidden things. Yeah, okay. Help me with the trunk. You Walter, you're young, you're healthy. Help me with the trunk. And Wait, so, uh, keep the candle steady. Wait, so um like while we're doing this, uh or like talking like really quietly, where's the monster where's like the crocodile alligator man thingy it's it's like still in the other room no but, i know uh, so, so like where is it in relation to like the hole in the wall well, we don't <laughs> can't see it so it's yeah you can't see it we just but, hear I mean, breathing. It's making, but it's making noises like you can tell if it's like right next to you or if it's like it's it's room. just come out of the tomb so it's probably about 20 feet from the hole and it's sniffing the air and I'm going to say, now you guys were over by the slab when you were trying to figure this out, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. I um, think I hear it. You, yeah, I hear it's, it's barking. Uh, you take a couple of steps towards the trunk. And as you do, the nose of this thing comes with it into view as it's sticking its nose down and smelling at the hole. And it definitely looks like uh, a crocodile's nose. Uh, a little differently though. It's, it's all, I'd almost say it's more colorful. It almost has a beard and it's fucking huge. 
Where where is Howard's dynamite? Can I see or Roland's dynamite? Can I like see where he put it? I don't know. I think it's in his pocket or Yeah, I think it's I think I've got a gun in one hand, a dynamite in the other. But you have multiple dynamite, right? Whatever was on the corpse, I assume there were a few sticks. Can I just like can I attempt to like swipe one of the one stick that he's got in his hand? To, sure. Um, you can attempt. That's a, um, a brawl. Grapple. Yeah. Um, I'm a big guy, by the way, Howard. Yeah. I mean, um, I've got to give it a chance. I've got to give it. A... And given the size of the of the crocodilian nose sniffing around the hole, uh -huh. the the tunnel isn't that big. Does it? Does do, what? What are the? Might it be too narrow a channel for the thing to get through? No, the channel itself is the 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 the, the hallway's about ten feet wide. Yeah, that's pretty big, right? I thought the arch was smaller, but the the yeah, hole is enough. three foot. Well, I might not be able to fit through the hole. Just be very quiet. Yeah, well, it won't have any trouble with the plaster. Is the problem? Um, okay, so are we? Are, are Howard not grappling? Um, yeah, he wants to grapple with you. I'll try to get it. You're um, you're am I rolling it? Yeah. What am I rolling against? Yeah, roll. Uh, it's brawl. I think that's what it's how it's listed. All right, I definitely don't pass. Okay. So yeah, thirty-three. I I backhand him. Okay. Okay. If you when you do that, it makes some noise, and yes. all of a sudden the creature goes. It it suddenly lets out a roar. Um, and it's, it's fucking deafening. It's, uh, it shakes the room. Dust sort of comes down from the ceiling and the thing roars. Uh, I'd like you to all do sanity rolls. I think all the gold's going to stay here. I failed. I passed that one for 27. Okay. I failed. Failed. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, those of you who are still in the uh, in the room in the antechamber, uh, just do a one d four. The other three, uh, Howard, Howard, you passed. Yep, so the twenty seven out of um, sixty nine. I'm gonna I'm gonna have you just take two points of damage, uh, just from being afraid. But you're kind of collecting your. Your thoughts into a wait, strategy. Wait, damage or sanity? Sanity damage. Sanity, sanity gotcha. loss. Um, Walter and Roland, you both lost. Yeah. Yep. Um, do a one d six. Three. Oh, only one. Oh, guys are lucky. So you guys have all sort of riveted yourselves for action. Um, I feel like I would. Um, want to shoot at that bellowing snout. Okay. Do you want to? Uh, yeah, I've got a 32. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's a, I think it's a good choice. I just think that it's natural. Okay. Um, you got a 32? Yeah, I have a 32 revolver. Oh, you got a 32 revolver. What's the damage? Or are you going to shoot? Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Is is the mouth open, or is it? Uh, it's, is it like it's it's 
slightly open. It's not, it's not like this. It's, yeah. it's actually, you can tell that the thing is taller than a crocodile because his nose yeah, is coming yeah, down yeah. like that to the hole. Can, I'm just gonna, can I just like yell at Roland? Throw the dynamite! Throw the dynamite! Dynamite doesn't explode when thrown. You'd have to throw it pretty damn hard. Yeah, you have to fire it. Uh, I barely made my roll, 57 for 60. Okay. Um, 15 yard range, 1d8 damage. Um, I ahead. assume it's limited because it's dark and it's through a hole. But... And, it's, and it's just hitting its nose. Yeah. Uh, so roll, roll damage and we'll, we'll cut it in half. Just because you're only hitting, unless you're aiming at the wall. I was aiming at the screaming thing that was making me afraid. Okay. Uh, two, so one. Okay. Uh, your bullet hits it in the nose, and you see a splatter of blood, and the nose immediately pulls back, and then whammo, the wall <laughs> just shatters into a million pieces, and you see this crocodile lion uh, with its mouth now wide open and it's it's barreling towards you. Okay. Right so down it's the a beard and crocodile. Yeah, it's it's like a it's like a half lion, half crocodile, monstrous sort of thing. And this tunnel is only a few yards long. It's uh it's about 45 feet long, and it's about 10 feet wide. Now, the creature's not that wide. Uh, Can, so, so if, is, is it just pointed at, is it just like pointed at Roland, or is it just like kind of... It's just pointed up? straight down the passage. <clears throat> okay. And it's, it's, it's yelling. Now, you guys hear the explosion. Uh, you now can sort of see faint light from the candle. Uh, and the thing is, I I sort of want to take this opportunity as the alligator crocodile creature is distracted to go ahead and light a candle, uh, and and break cover, and uh, I want to make my way toward the passage that the creature came out of, and see if this is just a like sarcophagus that it came out of or if it actually is a passageway a back door so to speak to get out get the hell out of here okay i'm following uh, mr jennings okay i'm peeking up over the edge of the boat with my oar just seeing what's going on and okay. doing the creature for the first time you can see nate uh light the candle and start going uh, so here you see that too and uh, are all three of you heading towards the, uh, wait, the open door? Wait, wait, how does Zaheer see it if he's in the other room uh, with the dead body? Maybe he sees the flash of light when he lights the, the match. Isn't it like I'm heading hallway? towards the, I'm heading towards uh, Nate and uh, Zaheer. Well, let's just say that he sees a, a sudden flash. He can hear the see when he does it. So let Zaheer fall. All right, so the three of you, uh, uh, Nate's first, then Roger, then Zaheer are crossing the room and heading towards the open mouth of the uh, tomb that the thing came out of. Um, what are the other three of you doing in the hallway? The thing will hit you this round. Uh, 
Or you can dodge. I mean, you can try to dodge. Or maybe, Roland, you want to try to shoot at it again. Uh, I think I'm not it's... supposed to suggest things. Don't listen to me, because they <laughs> aren't necessarily good things. This is not therapy. It's all right. Uh, I think that um, given the, the, you know, the insane size and nature of this thing, that the only thing to do is to try to get the fuse on this dynamite lit before it hits. So I'm going to, you know, grab corner or whatever Walter and try to, and try to get the dynamite lit and make the two connect, even if I'm in the way of danger. I, I have matches in my pocket. So, I mean, like, I'm just like, I don't, I've already had, I think the, feel your, uh, you, don't, you don't have time to exchange anything like that. No, um, no it's about getting to the lit candle and then getting that either holding it out as the thing comes toward me or throwing it if I have that much time, but throwing it when it's like right on me. I don't think I'm going to, and this is it gentlemen. I'm going to kind of just get down and then on my knees, kind of just hand raise and say, I bow to the master of the Eastern temple. Oh, great destroyer. Have mercy on me. <laughs> just an Egyptian. I don't know. Right, right in the center, out. right in the center of the, the path. Just in, just off to the side, just. Okay. And, uh, and Howard, what are you doing? Holding his cheek oh. where I smacked him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who, wait, so does Walter have the, the candle? Walter has the candle and he's dropped to his knee. knees. Wait, so is he still holding it or did he like drop it? He is still holding it. I'm holding it up. Uh, and, and then Roland's still just holding the dynamite? I'm moving the dynamite toward the candle. Candle, okay, yeah. Uh, so I've got a, I, I do have a knife. Do I, do I have enough time to like pull it out? Uh, I'll let you pull it out. Sure. Okay, I'll, I'll just pull out my knife and like just like ready to either bolt, like try to pass, like try to go past it as it tries to eat Walter. Or um, okay. like, so I'm still like a couple feet back in the hallway behind Walter. And then uh, I've got my like knife out and I'm just kind of getting ready to. Um, the creature seems focused in on the light. So uh, Walter. What, what this is going to happen rather suddenly. It's going to barrel into you and probably hit Howard and Roland in the process because it's going at full speed. It's not going to be able to stop on a dime. Um, do you, uh, what do you want to do? Or are you just going to not try to dodge? I'll try to dodge if it's rushing me. <laughs> I failed. Okay. Well, it hit, fit, hits you full on. And uh, with its nose down, it sort of, you sort of end up on the nose and it flings you to the side. And uh, how about uh, Howard? Are you going to try to dodge? <coughs> You're muted. <laughs> okay. okay, so it hits him. And then right. um, and, and it flings like, him to the side. Flings him to the side, but like, what happens to my body? I guess like. Well, you can dodge if you want to. Maybe you get lucky. Uh, yeah, I'll just attempt to dodge. Okay, go ahead. Nope. 
Okay. 48 out of 30. So it hits you, and then it's heading towards Ro uh, Roland. Uh, what are you going to do? And I did not get to the, to the candle in time to light the dynamite. No, in fact, the candle is now out. Right. Uh, okay, then I'm, I'm going to fire as many rounds as I can at this giant thing. Okay. Um, you'll, you'll be able to squeeze one off before it gets to you. Uh, I think you do a penalty dice because you're in total darkness at this point. Although you're pointing well, it takes at most of the tunnel, I would expect. Yeah. Well, I rolled a 37. And uh, if there's a penalty, it's a one. So I improved only. Oh. Wow. All right. Um, go ahead and roll for damage. Five. Okay. I, 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 I winged a dragon. <laughs> um, all right. Um, the gun goes off again. It's deafening. Everybody inside hears the noise. And uh, the animal uh, crashes into you. So you're thrown against the, the, the slab. Um, those of you who got hit, uh, do a 1d6 damage. All, all three of you hit, so 1d6. All right, I took six. I got a one. I took four, but I'm bulky. Okay. All right, the other three. You guys have uh, crossed the room. Uh, you've run up the steps, and you've come into the, the chamber. Now this, there in the center of the room is a huge uh, stone sarcophagus. Uh, and it looks like the big stone slab that was on top of the sarcophagus has been pushed to the side where it teetered and fell. And that's probably the crashing noise that you heard earlier because it, it, it rammed into the ground. Um, there are uh, there are hieroglyphics and wall paintings all over the room, and at a glance, uh, you're seeing kind of a parody of uh, the story of like Anubis, where uh, I'm sorry, the story of Osiris and Anubis weighing the weighing the dead. Uh, but in this case, it uh, it shows this creature. Uh, in, in uh, obeyance in front of uh, the black pharaoh and uh, he's weighing its heart against uh, against a whole mass of dead bodies and in fact the dead bodies are not dead bodies at all they're dead gods you're seeing uh, Osiris and you're seeing Horus and everything uh, dead in this this thing and the heart of this uh, creature is uh is lighter than that so um you also notice there's another another passage uh lead, leading out of this room <coughs> well can, the shouts and stuff from the hallway where they're being attacked yeah sounds like pandemonium out there 
on the way in, was it possible to remove the sword from the guardian? Mm -hmm. Oh, did you want to do that? Sure. I take the sword from the guardian. Yeah, it's a sword. With a quick look around, can I uh, try and translate some of the hieroglyphs while we're, as we're moving through? Yeah, go ahead and try. No. Oh, wait, no, I did. Yes, success, finally. Okay. Um, there are written all over the walls what appear to be some sort of magical spells. And the gist of what you're getting is that this creature has been placed here not by Neferen Ka, but by the god that he worships, the Dark One, the, the crawling chaos. And the creature is set to come back to life and be let loose on the world uh, in order to help cleanse the world of life. Uh, it is the consumer, the destroyer. It will eat everything in the world. Its, uh, its appetite is insatiable. Uh, but a barring accidentally waking it up, it's supposed to sleep until the end of the world. We have unwittingly awoken something horrible here. Is there anything inside of the sarcophagus? Uh, no, but it's obvious that that's where the creature was, asleep. Perhaps yeah, uh, it's time we move forward to the next chamber. Exactly. Uh, I'm Nate setting his archaeological curiosity to the side and uh, uh, making a dash for that next chamber just to try to get out of here. Okay. Uh, and I'll, I'll give you that as you get to the archway leading into the next room, you can see that what you're looking into is a treasure chamber. There's gold piled up to the walls. There's golden candelabras. There's boxes and, and jars and, and all sorts of things. There's a big uh, chest in the middle of the room that's all completely inlaid with gold that's covered in very strange monsters looking things all in gold. Um, and we'll jump back to the other three. Uh, soon to be the other two, then the other one. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The creature, though it has barreled through you at the moment, is now leaning up against the slab itself and scratching at it like a dog that wants out. Its nails are literally scratching into the stone as it's trying to uh, escape. And it seems to have suddenly stopped, just suddenly started ignoring you. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to bolt. I'm just going gonna, gonna to make my way towards the light that I saw yeah. move past. Yeah. <laughs> straight out of the hole. Like, I'm just going to go for the hole and just like try and bolt out of there. It's, it's a massive opening now. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so I'm just going to bolt straight through. I'm but I want to make a luck roll because I took a major wound. I just want to see if it was like if I broke an arm or if like my leg is busted. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, we can leave Walter out. And, and, uh, and Howard also do a luck roll. And uh, how about you, Roland? 
Wait, why am I rolling luck? Um, to see if it notices you. Oh, God. I passed my luck. All oh, right. thank God. I rolled a seven. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And, and Walter, did you break anything? I broke my... I, I think I might have broke my arm. And I'm trying really hard not to scream. <laughs> okay. So and the I'm, two of you get through. How about you, Roland? What were you going to do? Uh, I'm going to try to collect the spent candle and um, basically uh, barricade myself uh, in at the far end of the hallway from this lab. So there's, okay. you know, so that you're actually up where the where the hole the hole is going into the other room. Yeah, assuming that again that the plaster thing didn't take up the entire area of that end, but that there's some stone or whatever around it, and there's the golden there's the broken table and the golden. I, I kind of I just want to put myself my back in a corner, okay, where I can keep an eye on things. I don't know where they're running off to, okay. and I'm hoping that the monster is going to get through the door and I can follow it out into the world. Okay, well, uh, just to clarify, the plaster wall with a three-foot hole was demolished. So right. now it's an archway but, going into the main main. Okay, so it's, there's no there's no corner. Well, there's probably some bits and pieces of broken uh, plaster that are still there, and oh. then as far as the table and the uh, chest, uh, they smashed. smashed. Yeah, uh, uh, and and to the side. It looks also uh, at a glance that the chest didn't actually have anything inside of it. You know, gold chest anyway. But, uh, so, so if there's not, um, if there's not really a place, a corner next to the door, then I'll just go uh, inside. But I'm, I'm sticking close to the. I want to be able to see if the slab gets opened. Basically, okay. That's my best idea of getting out. Okay. Um. So at the moment, you're mostly in the dark. Mm -hmm. A glimmer of light coming from the tomb area. And uh, Howard and Walter, you are scrambling towards the tomb. So you see the big giant sarcophagus. And uh, you can see that they are in the entrance at the entrance to another room there. Yeah, I just like don't even, I just like disregard the sarcophagus. I'm just like, totally concerned with just getting like right up next to them with the light, like trying to get the heck out of, uh, okay. out of range of the monster. Um, you do realize too, that the sarcophagus itself, you could, you could hide five people in there if you needed to, because it's big. Of course you couldn't put the slab back on the slab weighs tons. Yeah. Um, all right. You guys are looking into the treasure chamber room but you don't see any other doors leading out. What do you want to do? God, I mean, I'm just going to like, talk, I'm just talking to uh, everyone that's here. God, we can, we can hide in the, hide in the sarcophagus. We can, we can just wait it out. Maybe it'll, maybe it, it was scrambling at the wall. Maybe it's trying to escape. I, it was acting like a crazy dog. I mean, like maybe we just, we just sit in here, we hide, you know, we'll, we'll get out eventually once it gets out. Nate, what do you make of this um, large chest here in the center of the room? The sarcophagus, or there's a chest as well? <clears throat> there's a big golden chest in the treasure room. Mm. Yeah. 
uh, again, there's no passageways out uh, from this treasure room. Okay. Uh, let's look at the chest. Maybe there's something inside that might might help us here. I'm beginning to have some pangs of guilt given uh, Roger's translation of the hieroglyphics. I'm not sure what releasing this monster on the world is likely to cause. There's any way that we can, we woke this thing up. There's any way we can destroy it or make sure it doesn't get out of here. Um, uh, that's something that I'm interested in, in looking for. But uh, 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 I, I'll open the chest. Okay. Um, uh, it, it, feels, it feels like this, the, the lid on the top of it is extremely heavy. You're thinking maybe it's probably mostly gold. So it weighs a, a couple of hundred pounds. I'm going to need some help. I'll help uh, you open this chest. I'll I'll just like push I'll just go with them and I like, attempt to push open that. Okay. Good um it's extremely beautiful and extremely disturbing at the same time. The very strange creatures all over it. Looks like they're strange fish people and strange sea creatures and all sorts of bizarre things written all over it. Um you don't recognize any of the hieroglyphics. Uh, it seems to be like an entirely different language altogether. Uh, but as you manage to get the lid up and maybe wedge something underneath to, to keep yourself from getting, dropping it on your fingers, uh, you manage to get it open. And inside, uh, uh, Dr. Jennings, you immediately recognize there are five canopic jars. Uh, that the Egyptians would have used to put bodily organs in. Uh, each of them has a different animal's head on it. One of them is a jackal. One of them is a, a, a lion. One of them is a monkey. Uh, one of them is a, a, a hawk. The final one, instead of a Instead of an animal's head, it has an upside-down onk carved into it. They're extremely delicate, extremely beautiful, jewel-inlaid. Um, and, and to what purpose would they put these organs into these jars? When, uh, when the Egyptians mummified something, they would uh, uh, clean the body, remove the organs... Uh, and put the organs into jars and so that they wouldn't rot inside the body. And that's, that's the way they, they preserve the person, supposedly in heaven that they would get their organs back. Or... And uh, uh, can, we, can I tell whether the, these jars are full or empty? They're definitely full. Okay. Can I see into the jar with the onk? No. No, they're, they're made out of metal. No, I'm sorry, they're made out of ceramic. Yeah, there you can't see through them. Can can we destroy them? Like, do they seem like easily destructible? Like if we just like toss them on the ground or just Sure. I mean they're Doctor Court, what do you make of uh these organ jars? 
Um, is there any sort of writing on them? Um, hieroglyph? Similar symbology to the stuff that's on the box itself. Okay. Um, I can't make out any of this. None of this is familiar to me at all. Um, I'm going to take out my notebook, though. It's definitely start jotting down these symbols. Okay. Uh, you all can hear the creature out in the hallway uh, uh, grunting and screaming. Um, but you also notice that it suddenly stops scratching at the door. And it might be moving around again. Uh, Roland, uh, you're sitting there and you definitely hear that he's stopped scratching at the door and he's stopped where he is and he's sniffing the air again. Yeah, that's great for me. Um, what does a panicked trapped, injured man next to a mythological animal do when he's got dynamite and no fire. He probably makes more smell. Yes. <laughs> yes. Rather suddenly and a rather pungent smell. <laughs> um, I'm going to try to mask that by picking up the nearest, heaviest thing and throwing it as far into the darkness as I can hoping that the beast will The darkness towards back. the beast or the dar or darkness into the room? Darkness away from the beast so that the beast will go on the hunt. Okay. So you pick up a piece of limestone that you find nearby and uh, you're literally sort of throwing it behind you into the, into the room. And when you do, you definitely hear the creature stop what it's doing and then start moving forward, uh, kind of like a dog hunting. Um, you, you hug the wall as it, as it comes up, and it doesn't seem to notice you. You don't make any noise, and it, it goes right past you, back into the room with all of the furniture. You can, uh, the other gentleman, you can hear furniture suddenly moving around, and the, the smell of breathing creature uh, coming into that room out there. So, so uh, the um, murals that were in the room with the sarcophagus that mm -hmm. the crocodile creature came out of, uh, there, there were, you mentioned like par uh, parodies or, 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 I'm trying to get a sense. You said that the, uh, it's, that, it's like, that the, it's like the iconography that you see where, Osiris is weighing the soul oh, that's of right. dead person. Uh, in this case, it was um, it was the dead gods being weighed against the animal's heart. Okay, heart. So we didn't get the sense that uh, this creature is an enemy of uh, the Nephrin Ka. No. Okay. In the other room, in the antechamber, it was like a pet sitting right next to him. Okay, that's right. Um, is there anything else in the treasure room with us besides the piles of gold and the large chest? 
Um, perhaps some weapons that are also made out of gold, which means they might not be very sturdy. Um, what, uh, with my occult knowledge, would I know like why, uh, like what, like what the like the organs inside of these uh, canopic yards like really symbolizes? Or like, is it just kind of normal? Like, I'm just kind of like, well, whatever. Well, you know, you're, you know, some Egyptology, the same thing. This is what the Egyptians did when they mummified the people. But are these like, would these like be important in any way to like the, to the dead person? Like if you destroy the, so like, let's say you mummified somebody, but then took jars or like took their organs after taking them out and then destroyed them. That had do anything to them in the afterlife or would they just be like, oh, you know, I can still go to. Um, I, you know, honestly, I can't answer that very well because I don't know Egyptology, but it would seem to me that they go to a great deal of trouble to preserve the body and the organs because of the afterlife. If they were destroyed in the real world, it might destroy them in the afterlife somehow. Okay. So I'm just like, at this point, I, that's my kind of thinking is just like, well, I mean, like the they obviously like he obviously cared about his organs and like they wanted to preserve them so i'm like just think, like considering like grabbing one of them and just like chucking it to the ground I'm, like, okay grabbing one of the jars and just, like, um uh monkey uh hawk lion uh jackal honk i'm grabbing the honk okay when you pick up the jar before you before you throw it to the ground, uh, you suddenly feel something very odd. Oh no! You can feel a heartbeat. Okay, I just I just drop it. Like I just like okay. like that's it. That's it for me. Like I'm just like even more weirded out at that point. Like I'm just like screw this, screw this up. Uh, you smash it to the ground, and when you do, what rolls out is uh, a lump of uh, a heart about bigger than a human heart about that big and it seems to actually be beating so do a sanity roll everybody who sees this uh, I still I passed again with a 27 okay. I passed passed Fail. I failed uh, if you pass do a 1d4 if you fail do a 1d6 I took four. I lost one. Oh. Four. I, I'm a little distracted by the pain to really comprehend what the heck just happened. All right, Howard, what are you going to do next? You I, can I, now I, hear the creature uh, approaching. In fact, you look out and you see it coming through the doorway yeah. into its tomb. Uh, so I still have my knife in my hand. So I'm just gonna like start stabbing the heart. So now I'm just like freaked out because I like I've kind of run out of options. We're not we're in the middle of a room with like no way to hide. Like okay. it's pissed off and it's coming. Like I'm just like, trying to stab the heart or like kick it and or like stomp on it or do anything to it that I possibly can. Okay. The and second... incident and incidentally, I've lost like more than a fifth of my sanity points if that drives if that does okay, has cool. consequences. We'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> technically, in this game, if you lose five points or more in a single roll, you're going to have a completely out of... I get to do, tell you what happens to you. So um, None of that's happened to any of you yet. Um, 
All right, you jam the knife into it. And when you do, a sort of black blood comes out. At the same moment, uh, you see the creature visibly uh, leap off the ground for a moment and uh, scream out. Uh, it's almost deafening at this point, the sound of it. Uh, you jam your knife in a second and third time, and each time you do, the creature stumbles a little to the side. And after a few more stabs, the, the heart is sort of deflating, the black ooze is going everywhere, and the creature just suddenly slumps to the ground and stops moving. My God. <sighs> now I'm like, I'm just like flipping, I'm just like out of my mind. I just like drop to the ground and start crying because like I'm just about to like just get, about to get murdered by this creature. I just like took a random, like a random like uh, guesstimate with my knowledge about like what I know from about the Egyptians. And now I'm just like sobbing on the ground because I just have like no idea what what's going on. The archaeologist in me was horrified when he threw the jar on the ground. My mind is totally changed about this now. Uh, <laughs> Howard's my hero. <laughs> so final problem. How do you get the fuck out? <laughs> I have the trowel from the duffel. So after, so like after like a little bit of crying, after like a while, I'm just gonna be like, "Where in the hell is fucking?" Like I'm just like screaming obscenity, like, "Where's Roland?" I make my way up towards the main door where we had come through to begin with, and you find so Roland there. I see. What's that smell? I have, I have idea for knocking this door down. I use my trowel. I'll work into small pockets. Then we put the dynamite into the pocket. We use small pieces of rope to extend the fuses, light the fuses. Light the rope to burn up. Lights the fuse gives us time to get back far, far enough. And hopefully push the door open. Yes, and I again, I like the idea of um, <clears throat> building up some uh, heavy matter against it from inside. Well, you now have lots and lots of gold and stuff. Yes, although... Uh, I'm sure the professors would prefer some of the gold not to be deformed. Who cares about the gold? Let's just get out of here. But yeah, for, for, yeah the primary concern is to blast the store. Ripping apart. my shattered arm. <laughs> Perhaps we can get assistance and push the chest all the way up. Yeah, and I'm sure I can do a little bit of something for his broken arm. Must I have some first aid while we work things out. Well, I hear I trust you to organize the internal labor of preparing the blast zone. Very well. And and there are not any further tunnels that we've seen, right? You seem to have hit everything in the in the place. We should all be wealthy men if we survive. While I'm still in that room, uh, after kind of like screaming and 
trying to figure out where everyone goes, uh, I'm going to start just like breaking all the rest of the jars. So everything that's left in the chest, I'm just going to start okay. breaking all, killing, destroying any organs, everything that's. The other organs that are in there seem to be all dried up. Um, Howard, as you are there, uh, actually anyone who is observing the creature, it seems to be sort of melting into goo. Um, with that, let me just say that you guys managed to put the dynamite against the, the slab. You, you managed to sort of decide where it is, if, if you can direct it towards the slab. Um, where are you going to take refuge? How big was that chest in, in front? Oh, no, it got destroyed. Yeah, um, it got destroyed. Well, so where are I the... I think the safest place is arches. Arches Rather than hiding will be buried. Well, Stand under too, an arch. Yeah, too far back in a cave design. then, and we'll just have the same problem. Like, where are the major stress fractures that we saw coming in? They're all up and down that hallway. Oh, just everywhere? Yeah. Um, let's do this. You guys have braced it to the best of your ability. Uh, choose one amongst you to roll a luck roll. Who's got Actually, I'll, give you, I'll give you a luck roll with, with, with a bonus dice. So you can roll twice. I got a 40, boys. I got, I, I'll roll it. All right. Well. All right. 86. Not good right now. Okay. 26. Okay. okay. That's a pass. Hard pass. <sighs> you all hide. There's a huge blast. Uh, you hear the blast. There's a moment of hesitation. And then, ba-boom, the ground shakes as the slab falls forward. Um, you feel kind of a rush of air. Uh, and you can see light glimmer down the, the hallway. Uh, you all, uh, the, as the dust clears, and you all manage to escape. Um, and we can just say that, wait, let's see. Oh, okay. You manage to escape. And as you are getting out, you're hearing cracking noises behind you. And there is a partial collapse of the structure, but you, you've all managed to get out in time. Now it's a question of whether you'd want to spend the time and the effort to get to all that gold, which you probably would. Um, but in any case, that's the end of the story. Um, any questions? <laughs> I think you pretty much figured out everything that was going on. Uh, uh, in, in Lovecraftian lore, Nefren Ka was the black pharaoh and he worshipped Nyarlathotep. What in fact had happened was he discovered the shining trapezohedron, uh, which is from the uh, Whisper in the Dark. And he... Is that Clark Ashton Smith, Whisper in the Dark? I don't think so. I think it's Lovecraft. Yeah, Whisper in Darkness is H.P. Lovecraft. Um, 
It might be, well, anyways, he found that and he used it to be able to tell the future. Um, but it works. Uh, it, it's 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 like an avatar of Nyar Oh 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 the the hunt the haunter in the dark. Haunter of the dark. Sorry. Where where that's in that church. Yeah yeah the, right. the gem. Yep. And uh, and so he actually created a temple where he he put the thing there and he sacrificed to it in order to gain knowledge. And eventually the people rebelled against him and they 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 murdered him. But not before he had set all this up. Uh, in, in conjunction with Nyarlathotep. And they buried him as far away as they could, which then ended up being a place where they buried the other fairies mm. and stuff. So I like the idea that the uh, there was an, an evil seed that then caused the Valley of the Kings to happen later. So that there's an, this, this innocent historical event or historical circumstance, but it's underneath it all it's you know the dark a dark pharaoh yeah all right well let me finish it up our players oops where am i our players included nick king grant dowell uh john byram cameron seco morgan llewellyn and david gasway with myself as a keeper of the secrets we're currently producing up to four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience, we provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar for a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in our description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, luck, good game.